Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. This is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. I'm Two James. I'm I'm here with the crew. Uh, Jamal, what's going yep. on, my man? Meh. Nothing much. <laughs> And I got Mr. Silly Sellers. What's up, man? Happy holidays, everybody. And um, uh, Stop the M and uh, Dwayne probably is going to jump in um, in a little bit, a little bit of technical difficulties. But, um, you know, we say we're, we're going to get started. So today's night, tonight's episode is our end of the year 2017 Goldies Awards, which if you haven't been following us or new to the show, this is just our way of going down um, all the superlatives for 2017 in the in the eve of wrestling. So uh, we got a bunch of different categories. I think to be a zap, we got five, ten, about fifteen categories. Um, pretty much split up an individual match, event, and miscellaneous. So um, if you're listening to the show, tweet us, let us know what you think um, and how you feel about the answers, and um, yeah, and interact with us. But yeah, we're gonna get started. We're gonna jump around because sort of I'm looking at the chart at the same time. So if you see my eyes shifting around, um, I pretty much got the strong, the strong ones up top, which are, of course I'm not gonna read in that order. We'll get to the good stuff at the end. But um, we'll jump around to a little bit of the fun and uh maybe we're a little controversial as well, too. So uh but yeah. So first Tag team of the year. No, we're no. not gonna, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. All things positive here. Otherwise, you won't be getting anything for Christmas, you know. So anyway, um, <laughs> first category I'm gonna start off with is going to be uh, how do how do we vote for our best finisher execution of the year? Um, silly sellers. So going to my answer, um, it, you know what? This one was hard for me to choose. I, I chose the AJ Styles Styles Clash. Just for, I will continuously see how impressive that move is to execute where you have to make sure not only you do it correctly where it makes an impact, but you have to do it safely. And the way that AJ Styles can do that as a, not a big, biggest person in the world, maybe he's about five, seven, five, eight, and can do that with people like Roman Reigns or can do that with people like, you know, of his size. Same. I think that's just always very, very impressive. Um, so just how he always executed and executes it cleanly. I'll just always give him uh, consistent measures for that. So that's why I picked his as the best finisher of the year. Jamal? Uh, I actually thought the best finisher, and when we say execution, we don't just mean who has the coolest move. You know, it's, it's who can pull it off consistently. Um, you know, the RKO, the ace cutter, the, the, um, uh, what it, the, uh, the diamond cutter, whatever you want to call it. But the fact that it can come from out of nowhere is, you know, pretty clean, pretty slick. So I said Keith Lee and the Spirit Bomb, basically a high-arcing power bomb, a sit-out power bomb, is damned impressive because uh, whoever he hits it on, it, it it just looks like so much force 
you know, the ring just kind of caves in almost when he hits it. And this is Angelus Lane back in August at Nova Pro. Um, I, he scrambled her eggs with that one. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the finisher too. I mean, it, it's it's uh, very similar to uh, Kodo Ibushi's uh, finisher, but I mean, you're looking at Keith Lee's size and momentum, and you start factoring uh, gravity and um, him capturing all the, the 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 power from all the people watching currently uh, at, at and all over the world. I mean, it's it's exactly what it is. I mean, lend you his energy, lend lend he asks you to lend him his energy. And I mean, it's 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 a it's a crazy move. And that the fact too, you say you hit it on Andrew's lane. Hit it to Donovan. Donovan Dijak has seen that move a lot of times this year. But yep. um, yeah, totally great. Doctor M just joined. We're going over our best finisher execution of the year. Me and you have the same answer, so I will let you speak. Okay. Well, I apologize for being late. Oh, you good, buddy? <clears throat> um, but uh, I chose uh, the lumbar check. And uh, I think I chose that one in part because not only is it pretty cool looking, but also how people sell the move, I think, is what won me over. Um, like some of the lumbar checks he's done in recent weeks, uh, Dar, Drew Gulak, like the way they sell it, I think, is what makes the move. Uh, look more effective than perhaps it is and so that's why i went with that one yeah it's freaking nuts is my answer like i said as well too um it, and it's starting to it's starting to be uh starting to be executed a little bit more like randomly now too like um yeah the way he the way he did it on um uh um uh, uh, tony niece what two weeks ago was like he threw him to the rope and then kind of like turned him around and then it was it was pretty much nuts uh, but yeah, it was a no-brainer, and you're absolutely right. The way it's, the people are selling it too, <laughs> like it's it's legit. Um, and and the name I like as well, as far as what the move is and 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 uh, what is referenced to the Lombard check, it's it's all the way around perfect. So, um, next category we got spot of the year. I'll start with you, Dr. M. Spot of the year. I'm trying to remember what I chose. I got you, Bianca. Oh, yes. Uh, so my spot of the year is from the Mae Young Classic. Uh, the final match, or it might have been second round, uh, Bianca Belair against Kyrie Sane. And as we know, Bianca Belair has that ridiculously huge braid. Um, and in that particular match, it wasn't just one sort of whip of the braid like she usually does, but she spent almost 30 seconds totally brutalizing Kyrie Sane with that with that with that braid and i mean it sounded like somebody was actually getting whipped with a belt <laughs> the, the way just the sound was coming across <laughs> no on the that. network <laughs> and, and uh I, I just thought it was a great spot the crowd was totally into it Kyrie sane was selling it well um that was my standout spot she had no choice too because she had those whelps on the back of her afterwards yeah, yeah you're right about that it was like sonic booms going on i literally was like looking around when i was hearing it because i was like Jesus Christ, it was it was crazy. Um, mine actually. So at first, I had I had originally had um, the Young Bucks who executed the Melzer Driver on Rock and Romero on a G One special, and this was like um, this when he when they executed it this time. This was actually dedicated um, to Melzer um, because of the tragedy in his family. So uh, because of how it was executed with um, uh, I forget which one it was, but one of them. 
jumped on the top rope, but then they executed outside. Um, just because of the meaning and because of how it was done, I thought it was pretty cool. And then about three days ago, I remember absolutely my spot of the year because forever to this day, and especially the fact that I heard the Singh Brothers may may be recent, uh, soon getting released, which I don't happen. I would never forget the 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 uh, moment in Backlash when Randy Orton threw one of the Singh Brothers <laughs> over the table, and Randy Orton looked like, "Holy crap, did I do that?" I was like, "Yeah, that that's 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 definitely my moment." Like, geez, like he tossed him, and that, and quite frankly, the Singh Brothers have been taking some crazy bumps throughout this whole year, so. Mm-hmm. That's my spot of the year. Uh, uh, say sounds. Um, a lot of these that you're going to see become very personal to me. Um, and mine was Braun and Big Show breaking the ring, which I thought the match was actually very good. And this is the first time my wife has ever seen anything of that nature by a spot where the ring breaks. And we've seen it a couple of times, but every time you see it, which doesn't happen often, it's like a blue moon effect, um, it is very impactful and exciting to see. And I knew it was coming. I had a feeling it was coming, and I had her pay attention to it. And just her reaction of it was like, oh, my God, like, they really did that? Um, and I enjoyed the match by, you know, with the spot in it as well. So it just became very personal to me that it was memorable. It was fun. Um, and once again, just surprised how good the match was. So that's my spot of the year. Uh, finishing off with you, Jamal. Uh, the Ugly Ducklings, um, they do a monkey flip into the corner. At, you know, with an opponent, it's with themselves, and they monkey flip. Uh, you know, one of the one or the other into the corner, corner senton, uh, and it's insane. You know, they and how they do that every single time. You know, it's kind of like a a cannonball, but it's off of a monkey flip, and it's like that just looks nasty sometimes uh, when they hit it. And how do you practice that too? <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely dope. Yeah, well, that just shows how good of a tag team they are, where they just have that trust and that uh, you know wherewithal. That's with right. Each other. That's right. Um, next, this next category is the "You Still Got It" award, which is basically for uh, wrestlers still performing at a high pace, forty and over. Uh, starting off with you, Jamal. Um, I know. Where am I? Oh, okay. Here it is. Um, well, I picked, um, you know, uh, uh, an ROH champion for the first time, and I picked, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels. He's 47. Now, I could have picked Cena. Probably wouldn't have. Could have picked, uh, you know, AJ Styles, who is 40. Um, Shane McMahon is, uh, like, 48 or something like that. But, um, uh, Juice and Thunder Liger is 50-plus. But Christopher Daniels, from the year that he's had, uh, it definitely deserves it. I didn't realize he was that, you know, that, well, that old, uh, to put it frankly. But, yeah, you know, he had, definitely had a hell of a year, arguably uh, his best year at Ring of Honor, you know, winning the championship and the run that he had with Frankie Kazarian. So, you know, hats off to for Christopher Daniels. Awesome. Um, Dot Dam? Uh, I will say that I, I actually thought a long time about picking Christopher Daniels myself uh, because – Basically, for all the reasons Jamal said, and uh, even just last week or the week before, I was watching um, ROH on TV, and um, he and Kazarian were in a match against, uh, I forget what the other tag team was, but he was taking some, you know, pretty intense bumps, and I think Jamal's right, or, or, you know, a guy that age, that he's still able to 
um, perform at that capacity and, and still athletic, still flips around the ring. I ultimately went with Kurt Angle, um, in part because he he has gotten back in the ring a little bit, but I think it's a combination of him getting back in the ring. And I also think he's been doing a pretty good job just on an on-air TV role as general manager. I kind of, I like his interactions with people on Raw. So, you know, a combination of him sort of on the mic in his general manager role and plus in the ring, that's why I chose him. I like to say too for Kurt Angle, uh, definitely uh, uh, is healthy, healthy enough to be in the ring considering his his history um, of injuries and um, medication. Uh, the fact that WWE cleared him uh, says a lot too, and uh, and not even just that. Before he got back to WWE, he was definitely doing um, um, appearances on the indie scenes too, which you know he could just. I'm sorry, what I'm saying, I, I I'm not saying just appearances like just showing up, but actually wrestling matches. I'm on the indies as well as uh, this year as well too. So, um, you know, the, for somebody of with a serious neck injury he had, which ultimately ends a lot of people's career, it, it is definitely phenomenal to see that he's still doing it. Uh, dot, uh, excuse me, uh, Siri Silas. Mine's definitely a shame, but man, just for the year he's had and all the matches he's been in, I've just been very impressed because he just gets it. Uh, for a guy that even though his rest, his family has a wrestling background as far as the business. You know, he's never been a pure wrestler. But just especially going back to WrestleMania this year against AJ Styles, like, I think that was almost low-key the match of the night. And the fact that he would take a spot going from the top of the cage and doing that elbow drop, whether he connects with somebody or does not, he's willing to do that. Um, and at his age in the 40s, he's definitely strong and always can bounce back and looks like he's never been hurt. Um, and that's why I give it to Shane. Yeah, that match with AJ Styles, no one gave it a chance, and they absolutely will rank among uh, best matches of that car for uh, WrestleMania, so definitely props for that. Uh, my person is Chris Jericho, who is 47. Chris Jericho has had an amazing year, becoming uh, finally a Triple Crown winner, winning the U.S. Championship. Yep. Um, a very significant feud with, uh, with Kevin Owens, and not only yep. just this feud with Kevin Owens, but actually becoming the most interesting thing on TV for the first six or seven months in wrestling yep. uh, with the gimmick with you made the list um, and still um, and still wrestling a full-time schedule. He dropped the CD this year, went on tour. People, people wrote him off a zillion times saying he was going to take time off and he still wrestled a legitimate um, for this year, seven months. And um, you know, even though we're talking about 2007, not to mention he took se- if he took set, if he worked seven months, um, he did a few uh, house shows too. Um, he took a little break. Uh, went on tour some more, and he will be uh, one of your headlining matches at Russell Kingdom come January against Kenny Omega. So um, he played his chips right. He's held his business down, stayed in shape, stayed active for 47. Chris Jericho, the GOAT. Um, Swerve of the year. So Swerve of the year is exactly what you what you think it is. It is something that um, possibly didn't go the way you thought it was going to go or actually just end up being a complete joke um, in all. And I'll start off by saying the UK championship show that, that this never was now. Mm -hmm. Now um, with the success of the CWC came to UK tournament, came, came to May young classic, all these great tournaments that had a lot of momentum. And I mean, they brought all the pieces together. All the news came out about it being a live television show that was going to be held. All that talent in the UK uh, championship uh, roster 
and then it just kind of rumored and then then this kind of phased away and now is really nothing. Now those guys kind of introduced on 205 Live, the 205 Live that they sent out emails about saying, hey, what do you guys think about the show? Because they even know it's not good. So <laughs> UK Championship show, the show that just never happened. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Jamal. Um, I went with Talking Smack being canceled. Now, mm. um, I personally didn't watch it because why would I? But as I understand it, um, it was one of the better outlets to advance storylines outside yes. of the, the program. Now, whether or not people watched it, whether or not WWE's numbers say that people they didn't get enough ratings on the network is notwithstanding. I don't have those numbers. But what I do know is some of the best promos, some of the best um, you know, interviews, uh, the, the most memorable ones from the year came from Talking Smack. Yep. Not Raw Talk, not Sunday Night Heat or whatever you know they had, uh, else they had. It was from Sunday uh, from Talking Smack. I agree, uh, poor Renee Young, because this just was yes. her. Really, it was it was it was as much as it was about the wrestlers and they having a platform to um, develop their character. It was Renee Young's like go-to thing and i mean she was very she found out on the internet which is you know really messed up and right for shows that really should have been canceled that shouldn't have been one uh dr m so uh my swerve of the year and <laughs> this probably isn't a legitimate swerve of the year but i've just been grouchy about this for a while but uh naya jacks big fan of naya jacks and i just knew by this point in 2017, she would have women's title at least once. I mean, it has, it has cycled through Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte a bunch of times. Uh, Alexa even got it. I just knew that Nia Jax would get it. And for us to now be at the end of 2017 and she's in some stupid storyline with Enzo, oh. um, totally makes no sense. Uh, especially because she's been more outspoken this year about um, sort of celebrating her her body image and being um, proud of you know the body she's in, and I feel like WWE has missed a, a, an amazing opportunity to sort of capitalize on that, um, and instead they have her in this comedy storyline with Enzo that I can't imagine that's going to go anywhere productive. Uh, and so that's my swerve of the year. You almost think that she's in trouble the way they, they fed her to Enzo. <laughs> yep. Well, remember, she was. She did take that leave of absence. No, nothing, you know, suddenly she was gone and nothing really came of that. And then the next thing you know, she's out of the title picture and she's doing a bit with Enzo and Drew Kulak. So yeah, is true. she in trouble? I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say that one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. But Enzo but has the title, right? One of the clients, so she came back from her non-injury related uh, sabbatical. Yeah, whatever it was, if she was troubled now, she did emphasize a lot that she wasn't happy. And I can assure you that if she wasn't happy then, she's damn sure not happy now. I mean, whatever right. it is. But hopefully the mismatch challenge is um, something that uh, does bring. And, and the Royal Rumble, too, which we'll talk about hopefully at the end of the show, we get some time. It's, it's two uh, key things where she's able to uh, really capture that, 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 that moment that she had earlier in the year. Um, let's go with uh, Silly Salas. So mine's, I think me and D-Wayne, and welcome D-Wayne, um, me and him had the same thing. And for mine, 
I always say to WWE, or we always talk about the WWE on this show or in personal life, that WWE has opportunities to do something but never does it. And one of those key things is turning a legit face and just making them heal to see if that can happen. And I think the swerve of having Sami Zayn going heel and actually capitalizing on it, and right now is doing a good job with it at a steady pace in this program. Um, that was swerve because I was not expecting that for that heel turn. Never, never saw that coming. Um, so once again, just taking opportunities for somebody that could be a clean face and making them heal, or vice versa in the future. Just you know, WWE can do that more, and by them actually taking a chance on that this year, made me have that as a swerve for the year. Cool. D-Wayne has joined us. Uh, if you didn't catch uh, City Settlers uh, announcing him. But uh, what's going on, D-Wayne? Nothing. Just got off break. <laughs> Reporting live from Somalia. <laughs> well, we'll get my you, internet. We'll get you right in the mix. Um, the next category is going to be the breaking news story of the year. Now, mm. I'm going to emphasize on this just a little bit. Breaking news, because the next category is surprise of the year. So surprise, obviously, is um, anything that really shocked you. But breaking news is a headline that dropped yeah. out. Um, so, um, D-Wayne, what is your breaking news story of the year? All right, so for what I remember, when I, when I filled this out, my breaking news story was just everyone catching this so-called virus in that locker room, and it, it messed up a whole pay-per-view for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's also mine too, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was rough because it like everybody had it, and yeah, meningitis is no joke. But um, not at all. Yeah, actually, and I was actually going to ask you to speak on this a little bit too because I remember we talked about when it happened. First of all, when this when this happened, the TLC changed because of the viral infection. I mean, we got some crazy matches and substitutes out of nowhere. We got the AJ Styles Finn Balor match. We got the um, we got the um, Kurt Angle stepping in for the Shield for Roman Reigns, um, and um, Bray Wyatt also wasn't able to participate. And I think JoJo also was sick as well too. So what? A, well, that was a different problem. <laughs> what a serious virus going around. Um, it was good one to see everybody recover from it, but also the virus did the best creative job of the entire year for booking the pay per view match. I I, I'm gonna have to give meningitis six man of the year for real. For for sure. I mean, it's like, again as serious as this was, legitimately might have been the best promoted and and most like un for, like unusual booking for creative to have taken this entire year. Um, but yeah, it it was, it was spontaneous, and they use the word dream match so much that it's kind of lost a little bit of meaning. To have a dream match, it's like okay. Well, we saw that in TNA ten years ago. Yeah, right. But now right. we actually have um, Kurt Angle stepping in with the Shield, or AJ versus Finn Balor doing the uh, the two sweet. They did the thing. Yeah, they did, they did the did thing the after thing. the match, and, and, the, and the internet kind of lost its damn mind. <laughs> they did the thing. They did the thing. <laughs> so you know, the one thing that you know WWE and one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I just stopped watching and kind of cut it out. It's it's lost its spontaneity. Uh, you know, the best matches for me are the ones that I don't know who's going to win. And now we're it's not getting so good, but we're getting better at, at seeing their tells and storylines and stuff like that. Well, if this happens and this happens, and they got to go in this direction. They usually do. But with, when meningitis stepped in and said, hold my beer, 
we're gonna shake that. That was the real superstar shakeup. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor M, your breaking news story of the year. My breaking news story of the year is that there was legitimately a pay-per-view named Great Balls of Fire. Um, <laughs> I, like I think many wrestling fans, thought this is, was this was a joke when the announcement first came out, but uh, it, it was not. And yeah, I, I just can't believe that WWE actually went through with doing that. Uh, but I also chose that as breaking news because it was at that pay-per-view uh, Samoa Joe got his first WWE title shot, uh, which a lot of us were looking forward to. I think a lot of people were behind Samoa Joe, and he went down in about six to seven minutes. Um, and so there was a lot of breaking news related to that pay-per-view. So that's why I chose it. Yeah, not to mention, too, they almost didn't even clear the rights for the name. So that name almost really didn't happen, but it did get clear and they went through with it. And actually, it turned out to be one of the better pay-per-views of the year. So it did. Yeah. Uh, Jamal, how did that go pay Jerry Lee Lewis? I mean, come on. I mean, what, what do you do, Vince? <laughs> um, my, my breaking news story of the year was the um, illegal um, expose of personal and private pictures that have been uh, exposed from uh, wrestlers and celebrities, but uh, particularly wrestlers um, back in March. And I think that that was pretty big because of the fact that, A, uh, if you got an iPhone, you better lock it down. Um, and, and B, uh, I think some months from that, you know, removed from that event, even though, you know, if you really want to see some things, you can go back right now and get it. We don't care. Um, maybe this is actually a, not necessarily a good thing because you have people saying that, uh, and, and shocking it is to see their intimate pictures on the internet. But I think overall it's blown over to the point where, okay, I mean, that happened, but it hasn't really, it hasn't been the whirlwind of, of like taboo that people thought it was going to be when uh, very prominent names started to see their name on, the, on that list of people that have been exposed. And I think that that's, um, that's a win, a small victory, even though it's uh, out of a, a very good thing, out of a very, very, very bad thing to happen. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we've grown up as a country, but probably not. <laughs> and so, Silas? So, mine is a, a, a unfortunate and negative one by chance because I just had a lot of respect for this wrestler. Since this wrestler is from, you know, the home state that we, that we live in, Rich Wong getting arrested. And even though I know wrestling has a whole lot of quote unquote another, you know, term that Jamal says that will probably be overused is kayfabe. Even as an adult, when I look at some wrestlers, I have high respect for, I think, high character guys. When you think of guys like Kofi Kingston, who never gets in trouble um, and does what he's supposed to do, family man, you know, supports his family, his children, you just think high character of him. And, and Rich Swan was somebody who else I thought that could fit that mold. Um, so having him get arrested and suspended. I don't know if he's been fired yet. Um, based on the conduct that he did to his wife in public, it was just very, very unfortunate. And by it being in a paper like the Washington Post, um, even hit home even more because you want to see our local guys succeed. So that was a negative one and, and a bad taste in my mouth, even though it happened recently. You know, it was just unfortunate for him. I think a little bit of news to add towards that is, um, um, I think... All charges and everything has been dropped. 
So nothing really to come of it. I sort of say, not sure how WWE is still going to handle it. If it's anything like the NFL, um, I mean, he's obviously suspended indefinitely right now, but um, um, from what I was reading, they seem to be back on good terms or whatever. So, um, uh, you know, just reading, just reading the, the news outlets about it, but apparently um, the, the two of them must have brushed it under the rug. But nonetheless, you know, you still don't want to hear anything uh, uh, of such from anybody that, you, you know, you respect. And you see, you know, the two of them put in the hard work going through the Indies their entire life just to be able to throw opportunities away because of something stupid like that. So, okay. So uh, we're going down now to our surprise of the year. And um, I am going to start this one off. And uh, mine is the John Cena and Roman Reigns segment from Raw, which was in, um, which was August. Yeah. In August, uh, yeah. August 28th, 2017. Now, I was out of town and Jamal texted me and said, did you just watch that? And I was just like, no, I'm heading to the room now anyway. But I forgot I was in a different time zone. So I hadn't even aired <laughs> on on, uh, <laughs> on the West Coast yet. And I got on Twitter for like one second. And all I did seen was a bunch of this, like, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. I was like, I'm just going to wait. But nonetheless, first of all, the fact that they pulled the trigger on this match even happening is one thing, but the fact of what John Cena was saying to Roman Reigns is exactly why WWE is John Cena because he let him have it and he held nothing back and and Roman Reigns had nothing for him. Corey Graves was even lost of words on the commentary team, like whoops, and and I mean Kurt Angle's face in the background was was uh was uh definitely used for tons of memes. Yeah, it's. I mean, literally, this is like one of those New York rap rap uh, battles, and uh, one person wasn't prepared at all. And yeah, it was just a it was a crazy good segment. Um, it really put the fuel to the fire for that feud, and I was just really surprised that WWE one let that match let that feud happen, and two John Cena and all the remarks he said and left poor Roman Reigns there with nothing. Uh, D Wayne, your surprise of the year. That segment was okay. It was great. I, it was good. I, I admit, um, that segment was surprising. And it was signed off. But you. Let's, not get, let's not get into that segment. <laughs> Hold it down for your man. You know, it looked like child abuse to me. <laughs> it was signed off, you know. And, um, John Cena, you know, said some stuff. But we're not going to get into that, you know? It's it's a it's a promo. If you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to cut one. Mm. Shots fired. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Actually, hey, D, I, D, actually, you, Marcus, and um, Cells all have the same. Yeah, y'all have the same answer here for surprise of the year. So, yep, you guys go for it. Um, yeah, Jinder Mahal winning the winning that title. I mean, who expect Jinder Mahal who was just losing left and right to say, "Oh well, let's put Jinder Mahal in the ring." That's Smalley and Internet one more time. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not my surprise of the year, but I will say this. We went to NXT TakeOver Chicago, 
and left because we thought the backlash was going to be trash. It wasn't terrible, but Jinder Mahal winning the title was definitely one of the bigger surprises of the year. And you can almost tell when WWE runs out of steam creatively because it just gets stupid in the end. And we get tired of it in the end. And now we have what we have. But yeah, Jinder winning the title was a big deal. I mean, he, yeah. put, he put India on his back. Yeah, I agree. I, at first, I was going to say Adam Cole, you know, when he debuted in WWE, because it's one of those things like, wow, this really happened. But then when I thought about it again, I was like, that surprise moment where my jaw dropped literally when I saw he won the title because I didn't think that would ever happen, especially against somebody like Randy Orton, who's up there in the Vince McMahon Club. Um, it, it, it happened. And for him to have a decent reign for about six or seven months, you know, so it wasn't just no one-week thing or two-week thing. Like, it was a legit reign. And I think Ginger did the best out of it. So, um, agree. Just my reaction when I saw it was, you know, wow, just shocked. Yep. Great, Dr. M. Filling in there. Well, I would just add it was it was a surprise for me because um, if you – well, if you, some of you all remember back when we were in Dallas a couple of years ago. Yep. I think it was the day we went to – the ROH mm-hmm. taping. Yep. Right. And wherever the taping was, I think that's where WrestleCon was happening too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and seeing gender, and he had been fired from WWE at that point. Um, and he was like sitting in some corner eating a sandwich or something by himself. Yep. And like there were no fans approaching him. Right. There were lots of other wrestlers in the around the facility and people were going up to them and stuff. Nobody was going anywhere near gender. I don't think people recognized him, honestly. Um, and for him to go from that, you know, back in 2014 to, or was that 2014? Yeah, 2014 to, mm-hmm. you know, three years later and him being WWE champion for a, a fairly lengthy reign. Um, that's why it was a surprise to me. Yep. I can't yep. even add anything else to that. And we contemplated right, just... speaking to him, but he was like, nah, leave him alone. You know? <laughs> he, he's not as eating as healthy as he uh, was then. Right. I'm sorry. He was, he's not e- eating as healthy as he is now. I mean, uh, and uh, Jamal, your answer for surprise of the year. Uh, my biggest surprise was uh, your 4th of July, which was a Tuesday. Um, and that's generally a waste of a show. But um, the Usos and New Day with uh, rapper, local rapper uh, Wale hosting it had a little rap battle, which one would think would be a pretty wasteful subject because you know, rap is one of those polarizing things. And I couldn't imagine a large number of the WWE audience tracking with what a rap battle does. Um, I love it. I've always loved it. I've been to more than a few. And seeing that they actually took it seriously and presented an actual rap battle in the style that you would see on the underground scene was you know, a big surprise. And the fact that some of the punchlines and setups from the Usos was another big surprise. Um, you know, Xavier Wood came with some heat and uh, Big E Langston, you know, came with some heat. Kofi, not so much. But um, that whole tournament, I mean, the fact that, like, I've gone back over the course uh, you know, since the 4th of July and, um, again, just to hear the crowd's reaction is something that I haven't done for many segments in WWE Ever. There there were some bars dropped <laughs> on there. And yes. too bad that the WWE uh, yes. official 
uh, YouTube channel does not give you the real bars. So do your do your work and go find it. But there were some bars yeah. dry. I literally feel that that yeah. segment in the John Cena Roman Reigns segment was the absolute two best segments in the entire year. Um, um so yeah, can't argue against that. And I would put Matt Hardy's uh, first segment up there in that conversation as well. Um, when he finally became woke. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Some, if something else, I was kind of contemplating with too. I mean, there was there was definitely some good ones with with Jericho. I mean, the the um, friendship of um, the festival of friendship was pretty cool. Um, but I mean, when you talk about surprise, I mean, nothing out of the blue came like out of this. So, um, anywho, all right. So let's get let's get down to uh, the event category. Um, starting off with the event of the year. I am going to go with Dr. M first here. You there? Uh-oh. All right, so you sell us. Go ahead and pick up. Sorry, guys. Uh, my event of the year for me was um, definitely the Royal Rumble this year. Just It, it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't things super about it. But the fact that it was the first one that we all got a chance to go to live just to see what it is. Um, I'm also looking forward to doing that for Money in the Bank next year, um, as well as WrestleMania. Uh, Money in the Bank, which is my personal pay-per-view, favorite pay-per-view. I'm sorry, you repeat that? In Chicago. But um, definitely wanted to have that as my um, event of the year just by us attending the show. Uh, Dr. M, your event of the year. Uh, event of the year. Um... I chose the UK tournament, um, partly because I'm biased and, and love everything about the UK. Um, but I just thought it was just the production value of it um, and having it in um, that very sort of enclosed space um, in Blackpool. The crowd was hot um, for the whole you know two days of the event. And the caliber of, of wrestling both days, I thought was was top notch uh, from beginning to end. And I thought in two days, WWE did a nice job of obviously quite a few stars, but actually getting the fans like into a handful of stars too. I mean, Pete Dunne became a star at that event, right? Even though he didn't win the title, he totally emerged out of that weekend as the star of that event. Uh, Tyler Bate becoming one of the younger champions in WWE history um, was certainly newsworthy too. So WWE accomplished a lot in those two days, shed light on uh, what seems to be a very strong independent scene in the UK and uh, got some stars in the process that are, you know, to this day competing on NXT takeovers. Then next year, we'll, we'll see them more on the main roster perhaps. Yeah, not to mention the design of the belt was absolutely amazing. So, I mean, they just didn't do anything wrong. Nigel McGinnis was introduced. Um, um, Alistair Black made his debut as well, too. So there was a lot of positivity that came out of, out of this tournament. You got to introduce to the culture, everybody's backstory about almost being shot in the alley because uh, it's pretty rough over there, apparently. And, uh, yeah, because the show never happened. And I'm never just going to forget that because I'm still pretty pissed about that ha never happening. Uh, Dwayne, you also had this for you as um, for Infinity or anything to add to that? I concur with everything Dr. M said. Awesome. Moving on. <laughs> Jamal, your show of the year. 
Uh, my, my show of the year was uh, Progress uh, in New York City uh, back in August. If, if, well, you know, two James and I were at um, an indie show, uh, at an Evolve show, and it was personally one of the hottest shows I've ever been on physically. Like we, uh, we sweated. We was a song. Um, the Progress show was it was about 112 in there, um, but we got to see some really special matches. Uh, seen a lot of the UK guys in the ring for the first time. Uh, Keith and Ree uh, in a four-way dance with um, you know, Matt Riddle and Walter and, and um, I think it's Tim Thatcher. Uh, that was awesome. The crowd was nuts the entire time. Um, yeah, just a lot of new things, and I like new. So that personally, because I was there, uh, was definitely the best event that I, I saw top to bottom uh, this year. Awesome. And I have the um, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax. Now, this is a 19-day tournament, and I absolutely, but maybe watch maybe like, I forget what day, but an earlier day live because watching New Japan on the East Coast or maybe anywhere in America is absolutely hard. Uh, But re-watching, going back, I mean, you got tons of instant classics going on i mean you got the okada omega rematch you got the Nio, naito omega in the final you got the naito tanahashi uh all very very high caliber matches um i think Meltzer gave them all 15 stars so um you know just a lot of quality matches came over the 19 day tournament and uh the g1's always good and, and consider the g1 uh like your money in the bank except it's actually scheduled so you know you you're you're going to see the winner of this at um the main event for Russell kingdom so it has the complete spectacle of a huge uh pay-per-view and it and it lives up to it once again um so going now to our i just did event of the year why was my oh, okay the corporate show of the year so corporate meaning um the bigger promotions uh wrestling promotions out there so we're talking wwe roh new japan blah 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 um so uh we have okay so we have three people with the same answer d wayne since uh you also had some answers with someone last year uh last category uh i'll start off with you your corporate show of the year Oh, I think the wolves got him. Okay, and he's on mute. So, uh, excuse me, silly sellers. Yeah, um, I'm looking for my corporate show. Who did who did I say? Help me. I'm trying to uh, scroll back and forth. Ashley, you 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 said Wrestle Kingdom too. And Jamal. Okay, y'all go for it. Free for all three of y'all have the same thing. Um, just for me, just the dynamics of the type of matches that were in that show were very interesting to me, and. To me, I think that did better than any of the WWE promotions, ROH promotions, just on the basis of the talent of the, the wrestling matches itself. Um, and, and Wrestle Kingdom is something I don't get a chance to watch or look forward to often until I started this year. And now next year, I'm looking forward to expanding my horizon going into um, Wrestle Kingdom and New Japan Pro Wrestling, just all these outside promotions. I think that's another goal I want to take for myself in 2018. So looking at this from the first time, um, that kind of set my standard. So once again, on a personal note, for me, 
that's what I want to look forward to and expand on next year. So that's why I put that as my corporate event of the year. Look, forget next year, okay? Because you're gonna watch it. I get it in January, but 2019, Jamal, you can you can finish off here on that. Yeah, we're we're definitely looking to go to Japan. Um, it has to happen. Um, <clears throat> 2019 Tokyo, we're, we're taking it over, and and the uh, January 5th show at Corken Hall. Um, I need to be there for that. So we're we're coming through. We're running over the Pokemon store. We're going to the Tokyo Sky Tree. We're doing <laughs> seven straight days of wrestling. It's, it has to happen. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11 uh, was my favorite show, um, a corporate show of the year. Um, and, and corporate like includes Ring of Honor. It includes WWE, uh, AAA, uh, just a show that's owned by a parent company. Um, Ring of Honor is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, which is one of the bigger television companies in the country. Kingdom had uh, just amazing matches. Everybody, of course, is still talking about uh, Okada versus Omega and their 45-minute-long um, spectacular uh, you know, match. But Bada was my favorite match of that night. And um, uh, Juice Robinson, who we saw left NXT like two or three months before Kingdom, has a pretty competitive match with, with Cody Rhodes, who had just left before. Uh, and he was doing his thing. So... It was a lot of, and the Ring of Honor uh, title was defended where you had um, Adam Cole beating Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly, uh becoming like the, th- the only three-time champion uh, ever in Ring of Honor history. So Wrestle Kingdom, uh, I was up at three in the morning watching it, and I nearly got to work late because couldn't turn it off. But um, what, what a great show from top to bottom it was. And it was nearly five hours, too. Agreed. Agreed. Dr. M, your corporate show of the year. Uh, I chose TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Just really enjoyed that show. I thought the um, opening match between Johnny Gargano and Andrade Almas um, is criminally underrated. I thought that was a fantastic match. Uh, And then I thought the tag team match, which I, I expected to not really enjoy because uh, I, I just haven't been able to get behind Sanity. Uh, but that ended up being one of the just more chaotic but still well-booked matches of the night. I think Nikki Cross actually ended up being the star of that match, taking that crazy bump yep. with um, Killian Dane and one of those guys from AOP. And then, of course, to have uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish coming at the end in the first big surprise of the night, I thought was just good booking all around. Um, also, that was the pay-per-view where we had a great uh, live performance entrance for Aleister Black. Uh, his theme song is already great, but then to have the, the band there performing his entrance, I thought was, was pretty awesome. Dar called that match as well. I think it's always great. I think he always adds something to a card. And then um, this was also, I think, the second match between Asuka and Ember Moon. And I thought it was one of the better women's matches of the year. Uh, Ember Moon was going to win at some points, but I don't know why, because obviously it's Asuka. No one's ready for Asuka. But I think it's a testament to, to both that, I mean, I was fully into that match from start to finish. And there was a, a slight moment where I wasn't quite sure who was going to win. I mean, the main event I thought was pretty good too. Um, Drew McIntyre is just kind of bland to me. I, I don't really see the appeal, but I thought it was a, a well wrestled 
main event. And so just overall, from top to bottom, production value, quality of matches, that's why I chose it. Takeover doing takeover things. I for mines, I have uh NXT Takeover Orlando. We got the Alistair Black debut. Um he faced um uh Andrade Cien Amis, who is now your NXT champion. Quite frankly, when I think about him over this year, he's actually he's actually <laughs> lost a lot. And he's also been kind of the Bray Riot role and people debuting. Um, then you got the insane crazy match between the Authors of Pain, um, DIY, and um the revival which was the Revival's last show on um, NXT. Um, very much, uh, you already know what you get with those guys. So um, absolutely great match there. This was the Oscar Ember Moon first match. This is when actually everybody thought Ember Moon was going to win, but no one could beat Oscar. And then ever. you got, huh? No one could beat Oscar ever. Ever. Oh, I didn't say Ember. Yeah, no one could beat Oscar ever. Uh, she's a game shark, actually, or game genie. <laughs> yeah, whatever one you want to call it nowadays. She's she's the Tipperon team on Madden. Um, <laughs> and then you got you got the Bobby Roode uh, becoming champion and his entrance, not the not the entrance. And then you got Shinsuke Nakamura and his entrance. This uh, where uh, this was his uh, send off show. So up and down, an absolute stat car, great show. Um, NXT Takeover Orlando, my show of the year or corporate show of the year. All right, now let's get to match of the year. Um, I am going to start off with Silly Suds. Your match please. Of the year. Show of the year. Thank huh? you. Huh? You didn't do indie show of the year. Everybody did. I, I skipped that. I skipped that. I skipped. I skipped that. Uh, I'll let you. I'll, wait. I'll let you speak on it though because you did have an answer there, and I know everybody didn't go see a lot of indie shows this year, so I just got rid of it. So can you explain to me how you got to evolve? Oh yeah, because I was there too. <laughs> yeah, speak on this. Um, Evolve um, 84 was the same day as NXT TakeOver Chicago. Um, before we had a, uh, a lovely Uber ride through the west side of Chicago. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Uber driver asked so, us, how, how do we pay? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> yo, shouldn't you be telling us? <laughs> <laughs> that is not my job to figure out, sir. <laughs> And um, we went to a prom too. Shows, I mean, the what a heck of a day! Yeah, yeah, we yeah we had we had to send him off. He was he was looking good though. It's fresh. Yeah. Um. Either way, uh, Evolve '84 was great. We got um uh, we got to see Jeff Cobb. We got to see DiJack. We got to see Keith Lee. Uh, the Doom Patrol. You know, just a great show from top to bottom. Uh, it's one of those ones where you know you you definitely would have wanted to see it live. Um. You know, the crowd was pretty hype. It was standing room only. And I think it was like their first time in Chicago, either ever or in a very long time. So, yeah. um, a definite like or takeover Chicago, which was one of the better shows of the year, anyway. Yep, Ashley, and I'm gonna call an audible here for match of the year. I'm gonna go first because my match of the year is the Keith Lee Donovan Dodgeat mat, uh, match at Battle of L.A. Now, granted, this match I think first happened at the Joey Janela Spring Break down in um, Orlando. Uh, WrestleMania yeah, weekend, yeah. and it created huge buzz throughout uh, Twitter and all of wrestling, um, the wrestling community. So this is ultimately where I said, "Oh, evolve! Oh, we're going. No matter what, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out." So we 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 pretty much had about what thirty minutes to spare to get to NXT on time. But I said, "This has to happen because I need to see this match in person." So seeing it in person, absolutely insane. I, I feel far, I feel sorry for anybody who paid for first row seats because um, they got compromised because that's what they do. 
and then they take it they take it to the next level at the PWG, which is um, in the tournament, which is for a bigger stake. Um, uh, Keith Lee's debut at uh, Battle of LA, and it was just a crazy, insane work match. Um, again, just find a way to watch those two work together. It's it's absolutely amazing what these two big guys can do. I mean, they're cruiserweights by Michael Cole standards because they have they're high flyers and they'll they'll execute any move possible in the book. And on top of that, from speaking to both of them on the show, check out those interviews. That's what they say. They go out to look for to say like, hmm, what did they say? I can't I'm, I can't do or I'm not supposed to do. I'm gonna go do it. And those goes and those two dudes go do it together. So they're like they're like the glitches on GTA nowadays. You know, like <laughs> people doing all those mods and you're just like, what the heck? Yeah, that that's them when you go see them. So. Uh, so I'm throwing it back to you again now. Your yeah, match. Yeah. No, that was great audible. That was a great audible. Um, I, I am so in love of what the Velveteen did, Dream did against Aleister Black. And once again, and I know I said this before on one of our previous recordings, and I'll say it again. The number one thing I enjoy when it comes to wrestling, I even texted you guys the same question, but the number one thing I enjoy in, in wrestling is the storytelling and how that storytelling has evolved in one match. And then the fact of having the point of this match is to have the Velveteen work so hard for Aleister Black to say his name and the way Velveteen Dream reacted in that storyline to get him to say his name. And then Aleister Black ended up saying his name, even though Velveteen lost the match. And it wasn't a perfect, you know, technical match. It was some faults here and there, but it still was clean storytelling. It was just from start to finish. And even the post-interview after effect of what the Velveteen Dream said, he said my name. That was just pure, pure art of storytelling of what wrestling should be. That is why I love wrestling. And it was just great A from start to finish. And Patrick Clark, we saw this when he was in Tough Enough. And I'm just glad he's getting the chance to shine and did that at NXT TakeOver War Games. Awesome. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, Dr. M, your uh, match of the year. My match of the year was uh, Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate, uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago. Um, for a number of reasons, uh, I guess the top one being that two guys who were still sort of relatively unknown to a lot of wrestling fans, unless you watch the UK tournament or keep up with British UK um, indie scene, uh, but for those two guys to come out in front of that Chicago crowd and have that crowd, okay, that crowd giving them a standing ovation in the middle of the match, um, I think speaks a lot to what they were able to do, speaks a lot to their talent. And uh, it was a match like um, quite a few this year, but that one just stands out to me the most where from the opening bell to the end, I was I was 100% engaged. Um, just a good mix of uh, some really fun, creative spots, uh, technical wrestling, a dramatic ending. I think it, all the perfect ingredients were there. You had you have Pete Dunne, who is, I think, uh, one of the more legitimate heels today, and Tyler Bate, who is easy to like as a face. Uh, everything worked well in that match. That's why I chose it. Chicago was on fire that week. <laughs> Point blank. <laughs> Jamal, your match of the year. Uh, Mr. Silly Sellis actually echoed a lot of the same sentiments of why I watch wrestling. Um, but, uh, but personally, the storytelling um, is, is done in the ring. I really don't care about how well a promo is, is, is done. 
because I think the storytelling should be done between the belts. With that said, uh, after the events of, um, you know, Angelus Lane, you know, scolded the man and then set him through, literally throwing fire at him, um, Keith Lee versus Angelus Lane from Nova Pro's um, August show, um, not, uh, American Slank. Um, that was insane. Um, and, and I think one of the better things about wrestling is when you look at a matchup on paper, you go, how is this going to work? How will she, will David overcome Goliath? How mm -hmm. will, you know, that, uh, will this, this happen? Because we want to believe that this is a thing that can happen. But Keith Lee versus Angelus Lane, everybody in the building went, oh, well, she's so dead. And then the match happens, and then even though she was arguably the biggest villain um, in the um, in the company, um, in the state of Virginia, on that night, but the crowd, you had to respect her. And I think the reaction from the crowd, um, even she got a little misty-eyed after the match. You know, and, and you know, you no matter what you think of her, no matter what you think of her or her character, um, you had to respect her. And I think for women's wrestling, and that I'm such a huge fan of, both Keith Lee and Angela Lane told a story that transcends, you know, the male-female dynamic. Uh, that it went a long way, as far as I'm concerned, with uh, how women should be uh, valued in, in in the wrestling uh, dynamic. Agree. Right, so that was that was awesome. Great match it was. Uh, Dwayne, who disappeared, um, must have. Uh... Took over, took took down another cargo ship and um, uh, whatever, whatever. I am uh, the captain of this boat. Yeah, <laughs> look at look at me, I'm the captain now. He had Okada and Omega, but we know him and Melzer probably gave those a billion stars together. So nineteen um, stars. Yeah, so that's that. All right, let's get to the good stuff now. Um, first off, I'm gonna start off with most improved wrestler of the year. Um, I'm gonna now. I want to go. I really. I, I really kind of struggle with this one a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my answer. But I'm really curious to hear Dr. M's reason for it, his selection. And I, I, if it's, I have a feeling you're going to mirror a lot of things I'm thinking. Well, I'll say I struggle with this one too, because um, there's a lot of people that uh, I think it's certainly valid to go with. But I chose Punishment Martinez from Ring of Honor. Um, as I said before, I've just I've been finding more time to watch Ring of Honor lately, their weekly show. And um, when he comes on the screen, I'm I'm always interested. And just thinking about where he where he started from, you know, being in the top prospect tournament some years ago. And I remember in that tournament, uh, my impression of him was all right. He has the look. Um, he's a big dude, but the wrestling ability wasn't there. Um, and to where he is now, where, um, you know, the, this is a, a very tall guy, so you would think he would sort of wrestle the typical big man style, which he does to some extent. Not afraid to um, get on that top rope. He's not afraid to dive out of the ring. And especially in the last few months, I've noticed he's engaging the fans more, right? And I think that's helping them get more into his matches. And so I, I think it's just been a great progression from where he started to where he is now, where he's now regularly on Ring of Honor pay-per-views. He's fighting for championships. 
Um, so that's why I chose him as most improved. Awesome. Um, going to go with Silly Sellers here. And I'm, I'm a too far. I don't mean to jump ahead, but I put him as my rookie of the year and most improved because of the same reasons. And once again, going back to Velveteen Dream, I've just been really impressed from how he's grown from January to December now in 2017. And when I first saw his gimmick, the first person I thought about was uh, Orlando Jones. I was like, I'm, I hope I'm saying his name right. It's, it's Orlando Jones, right? Jordan. Jordan. I'm Orlando sorry, Jordan? Jordan. I was thinking that and I was like. Orlando Jones is a comedian. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's all I was thinking about. So I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Dr. I was in Orlando, Jordan. I was like, are we going down this same boat? And I know that went horrific in TNA with Orlando, Jordan. But when I saw how his gimmick evolved and how he took ownership of it and how he bloomed it and how he made it his own, not only do I see him as a, not just only an NXT performer, because sometimes with these gimmicks, if it works at NXT, it won't work at the next level. But I absolutely think if he continues to build his gimmick, it could work on the next level. And paying homage to Dusty Rhodes, this seems like it has a Dusty Rhodes touch on it, where if somebody can take that gimmick and run with it, you can do great things with it. And, and I really hope he continues in 2018 to make those strides. Maybe he'll be ready to make a move by midsummer or September after being in NXT for about a couple of years um, to make that jump. We'll see. But just the growth that he's done with the gimmick where I'm completely sold on it um, from the start to finish the 2017. We'll say it, dude, for sure. Um, yes, like I said, for me, I struggled a little bit. And I had a couple of other candidates I wanted to throw here. One being A.R. Fox and one being Desmond and Xavier. But ultimately, I went with a very comfortable answer in Braun Strowman because um, he's a big guy. Um, it felt like one of Vince's chosen kids at a point. And then it felt kind of dry. And then Jamal pointed out something that I really can't get over, really. And it's the fact that he kind of stood down to Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar. You building this guy to be a monster, but kind of back down to Brock. That kind of is, you know, contradicting to his character. Nonetheless, he still blossomed, put on some heck of a matches, some heck of matches on Raw. Um, he really shined in that, um, that, uh, uh, what was it? The fatal four-way that he was in. And overall, he's just been showing what his progression of becoming um, a wrestler. And I think that um, him being a new face in his own, yes, he's been with the Wyatt family uh, as the black sheep, but him blossoming in his, in his own in a singles uh, career and, uh, you know, Mouty getting his chances, but putting in the work and um, the, the gimmick is is working. The the promos is coming together. I um, mean, he's, he's feeling a lot more comfortable with Mike nowadays. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he works the mismatch challenge. Uh, he's definitely w- what I would call most improved because, you know, he was in this tandem in the Wyatt family, which if you look around at the four of them, the three of them aren't really doing anything. And he's able to, he, he's able to blossom to, to, to become um, a very key and token person on the Raw roster. Um, Jamal, for your most improved. Uh, let me just say that uh, Punishment Martinez is the best Baron Corbin in wrestling today. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great call, uh, actually. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Uh, he does. Every, he's everything that Corbin should have been. But um, but I digress. Uh, my most improved wrestler of the year is actually Faye Jackson. 
Um, when we first saw her in Ring of Honor, and she was like super, super green. Um, we had a very limited move set, and just you know, I would say that if for um, to see where she's come from, um, and the type of matches that she's having, uh, you know, developing her move set, developing, uh, you know, improving her skill set, adding a little bit more to her portfolio. Uh, showing different sides of her character and, and instead of just being the super baby face. Um, you know, she's developed a, a bit of a mean streak um, over the year. Uh, you know, Faye Jackson has gone from somewhere where you go, well, sure, to, okay, I see what you did there, and I like it. Do it again. <laughs> like, she had this, like, fisherman suplex that out of nowhere that was that was kind of nuts. I'm like, damn, Faye, where did that come from? Well, speaking of fame, I might as well go ahead and plug, plug, plug that again. Well, I mean, and, it's, and honestly, that's just you know coincidental. But we will be talking to Faye Jackson tomorrow. Uh, and I did, you know, you mentioned how she's developed a bit of a mean streak. So we're gonna need to clear this up why uh, she's suddenly coming out to Veda Scott um, uh, and Nova Pro Wrestling. So tomorrow night, uh, twenty-four hours from now, of an interview with uh, the good Faye Jackson. So uh, you know, tune in tomorrow for that because you, know, I, I got some questions. Cool. I actually skipped the category. Um, I skipped the category by mistake. And a specialty match of the year is the one I did, which is uh, matches such as uh, No Ropes Match, Elimination Chamber, Hell in the Cell, Money in the Bank, stuff like that. I'm starting off with Dr. M and Silly Sellers, who has the same answer. I'm going to let Dr. M go because me and him probably going to definitely be on the same page with this. Uh, Well, yeah, we chose War Games. And um, I'll say I chose it because... I was um, excited, but also hesitant about the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, as we all know, people were questioning, you know, some pretty sort of silly things like, oh, there's no roof. It can't be War Games. Um, and uh, I, I was um, bothered by the absence of the roof actually helped the match. Um, but... You know, it seems like it would be in some ways a a wrestling booker's nightmare to book a match successfully that has nine people in it. Um, That's not something I would want to necessarily do. (laughs) But to have nine people in in a cage and it not turn into a cluster, um, I think is a mark of success. And uh, it was a match I enjoyed. It it had its, its... a good mix of brutality and teamwork and dramatic spots. And my goodness, uh, Roderick Strong's superplex off the top of the cage was yep. insane. Yep. Um, and, and the crowd ate it up. Uh, and so, the, I mean, I, that's why I chose that match. Um, I, WWE has made me hate the shark cage. <laughs> when I saw those shark cages uh, on the stage, I was already starting to feel uneasy about the match, but fortunately those didn't play a, a major role. But um, I thought everyone had a chance to shine in that match uh, to different extents. Um, I'm also happy that uh, Alexander Wolf didn't lose more blood than he did because I was worried about him for a while. Um, but I mean, I just thought it was well done considering you had nine people to to think about in booking that match. I thought it was well done. I, I would agree. Just to add to that, I know right now it's, it's funny to say it, but we're in that reboot age where 
we see all these things get rebooted in movies and songs and like we're old enough to say oh i remember the original version of that song um by having the war games come back it felt a nostalgic feel and i was hoping that like dr m said it will be good um with the mild tweaks they have um but the match itself wasn't bad even to the fact that the whole pay-per-view show wasn't bad where the wrestlers only used one ring and didn't abuse the two ring privileges just because they were next to each other for all the other matches. Because I was like, is somebody just going to go to that other ring just because? And it never did happen. Maybe, you know, they was told, don't do that until the war games or whatever. But um, I was just impressed that it, it did not get botched. Um, it was as good as it could have been for the rules and everything they tried to place. And, and when you have that, um, I, I can't knock it. So that's why I enjoyed it. But once again, a lot of reasons that Dr. M said, but just having that nostalgia feel. All right. Um, Jamal. Um, and this is the specialty match of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. My um, uh, match specialty match was the triathlon match. It was last show in November. Triathlon um, match. Never heard of it. But it was, um, it's basically a single match, a tag match, and a six-man tag, um, if it comes to that, and uh, two out of three falls. So there's a lot of different elements in, in the pot that, uh, that are being stirred up, and I think that because it definitely had a lot, I want to see it more. You know, it has a lot of implications of how it could come out and, and what the implications are as far as the match goes, but... Um, you know, uh, it was a series. Basically, Cesaro and, and Sheamus had a best of seven series over like the course of twenty years, and the triathlon match had like three matches in thirty minutes, and I was really, really cool to see. Yeah, it was some crazy things going on in that match. Uh, Gunner uh, pretty much burying uh, Cabana Man Dan. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you know. Yeah, that happened. Uh, for my specialty yeah, match of the year. I have uh, the NXT Tag Team Championship ladder match, which happened at NXT TakeOver Chicago, which was Authors of Pain versus DIY. Uh, outside of all the crazy spots that happened with this ladder, in and outside the ring, and then the destruction of DIY, being there live was just absolutely insane. Um, many moments of the match, you just really had to close your eyes because like, it was just brutal, the bumps and the, just the spots that was taken. It's really, really hard for me to just specify like one in particular, but I just know ultimately it was. Matter of fact, this match closed the pay per view, uh, considering that the NST Championship usually is the match that does. So it just lets you know how intense it was. And it was just uh, all around just a great match. Um, So moving on back to individual uh, awards, we have the Rookie of the Year. Um, me and Dwayne and Dr. M have the same one, so I'm gonna start off with Jamal and Silly Sellers, who also has uh, this the same one. Yeah, um, I said the Velveteen Dream, um, when he made his NXT debut, was actually the NXT show at uh, before that was taped before NXT Chicago. I'm thinking, well, nothing much of it, and that was in May, and the next thing you know. Here it is, you know, November, and we're talking about how he's having one of the matches of the year. Yep. Um, in my top five with um, Alistair Black, and that's a testament to both to Black and the Velveteen Dream for putting that both together. But still, the point remains is that uh, this kid has had a hell of a six months 
uh, coming from you know nearly cut out of the out of the WWE to um, having a character that on paper didn't seem like much, making it his own and turning it into you know gold. Absolutely, I, I agree. I said my components, you know, earlier. So just in addition to what Jamal said, I, I go with that. And and Doctor M and I I have. Uh, Pete Dunn is our rookie deer. Now, Dr. M, you can speak on this, but you de- you definitely said all of the reasons earlier as to why I picked him as my rookie of the year. Yeah, I um, don't have much to add to that except just um, – and Pete Dunn really just barely edged out Velveteen Dream for me. But, again, just going back to the U.K. tournament and in two days establishing him as one of the better heels WWE has seen in years um, – even though he didn't come out of that tournament with a title, he was the star I think most people remembered from that tournament. Um, also him getting into it with William Regal. So he was feuding with at least two to three people by the end of that tournament was over. Um, obviously, he had a great showing at TakeOver Chicago. He's had a chance to perform on Raw uh, and uh, NXT several times as well. And so, and all of his matches, I think, are good. I can't think of a bad match I've seen him in. Uh, a good mix of technical wrestling, and he's a legitimate heel, right? None of this tweener stuff that we're seeing nowadays, right? He's not trying to be cool. He is a legitimate heel, which wrestling needs more of. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I think uh, he's rookie of the year. And he's also quite young, too, right? So for him to have mastered all this stuff at, what, 23, 24, however old he is, right? Um, I think he can only go up from here, which is scary. Yep, and and to add to that, him being the cha- um, him being uh, the champion, the UK championship. He's also the champion at uh, Rev Pro, or was it um, Progress? Um, I think Progress. I want to say, or was it both? No, it wasn't Rev. I want to say Rev. It was it was Progress and somebody else. He had three belts at the time. I thought it was ICW. Okay, and something else. Either way, this young guy, for everything uh, Dr. M has said, he's young, and he you may not have heard of him, but you know you know of him now, and there is no if or, or if he's a heel. He's absolutely a heel. Um, he does heel stuff, and um, he just has all the two in the sheds. He got all the right endorsements, too. Um, and, yeah, still working indie dates, but still fully involved in high-caliber matches in WWE. You got to give it to the guy for doing that. Um in other words, too, I mean, a lot of people can bank on their stardom and just, you know, start cruising. But he's still putting in the work. Um, his Instagram is pretty interesting to follow as well, too. And um, his merch is absolutely <laughs> great too. So, uh, Pete Dunn, Rookie of the Year. Um, tag Team of the Year. Now, we have three. No, we have only two answers here because I'm not a knowledge one. Um, <laughs> so, there's two tag teams here. <laughs> Um, why are you feeling pre- guilty? I didn't specify anyone. You should just skip this no, whole it, thing. It doesn't matter. It's still not fair. <laughs> okay, fine. Jamal, have your moment. Who is, who is your tag team of the oh, year? No. Um, my tag team of the year is actually, it's, and it's not because of uh, the actual way the tag team came about. It's, the, <laughs> it's one mind. of the biggest surprises. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. It's one of the biggest surprises of the year. It was a moment that what you know, had people talking throughout the year. Um, James Ellsworth had like a moment last year where people were like, who the hell is this guy? Oh, my God, he's a breath away from becoming the uh, champion. 
And now we have my favorite tag team. I can't wait for the merch to come out. Is Brad oh, Maddox and his And I'm saying that they had the synergy of the Usos, <laughs> the Young Bucks, and I'll be goddamn if they didn't perform as well as out there like they had, like they were the Dudley Boys. So you know what? Wow. Good for you, well, Woods and Maddox. Good for you, Bully. Bully, I say. They did. They did get name dropped, so wow. to say, in that rap battle. Um. Anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah, I can't believe that happened. Anyway, back to uh, <laughs> oh my else. god, oh, Dr. M, and um, so they, they turned a page in the uh, taxing division. That what? <laughs> how do you follow that up? I can't, I can't. Okay. Next, next topic. Oh my god, <laughs> next category. Usos, great, that's it. Yeah, it's amazing what a heel turn and a, a change of theme music can do. Man, what? What? For real? Yeah. For real. And and them getting switched to the show absolutely was the the spark that they needed all over again. Yep. But yeah, oh. I mean they're they're tat the SmackDown tag team champion. Great matches up and down. Um, them and the new day bring the best out of each other. Um, yeah, the 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 theme, my theme of the year. Absolutely, they're, they're swagger. They're living their they're, they're living their theme, so it's easy for them to to uh, you know walk and talk it because it's who they are, and, it, and it's it's so exactly. legit. Um, absolutely, go with that. And the only reason why I did not pick them is because um, just like the Oscars, the Grammys, and Golden Globes, everybody forget until everybody forget the beginning of the year, but only thinks about the stuff that came out within the last two months. The Hardy Boys, the most over tag team this entire year won championships in every major promotion to the fact that and, and, and then the broken the broken gimmick the whole um segment they carry tna pretty much tna that's why they they was just like that jealous but that was last year though no this this was this year it was this year, January and um, February, and ROH was also this year, too. They worked that match with the Young Bucks that no one – I mean, the pop that happened there was amazing. Carrying that momentum all the way to April where they had one, maybe the second or third biggest pop in WWE history outside of the Money in the Bank cash in and um, something else I had up there uh, with Dolph Ziggler. Um yeah. And then they came to WWE. They they won the championship here. Very still much over using their old um their old nostalgia gimmick and um team extreme. Now they're back broken. They're still relevant. And I mean these guys are are up are up in their age. Matter of fact, when they was in WWE, they were still working a few more indie dates. And you know the Hardys. What, what what can you say about them, man? They're still relevant after all these years. So. Just to see it all comes full circle, to go through all the BS with TNA and not being able to use the gimmick to them being the broken hardies now. I, overall, they just had an outstanding year. They they never missed a step this year. I'm going now into our corporate wrestler of the year. This can be anybody in any major promotion outside of indie indie promotions. So I'm going to start off with. Hold on, I'm just want to make sure I'm on the right category here. Yes, I'm sorry. Any wrestler, I'm I'm sorry. Indie wrestler of the year. I read this completely wrong. Oh. Which is anybody outside of any major 
um, promotion. So that's WWE, ROH, New Japan. So anybody that's outside of that, Dr. M answer is absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, I chose Ricochet. Uh, and I, I want to think I chose him last year too, which uh, I think is just a testament to how awesome he is. Uh, I will say I almost went with Shane Strickland for Indie Wrestler of the Year. Ooh. Um, in part because oh, wow. he has been in some absolutely ridiculous matches where he legitimately should have died. <laughs> um, especially if you watch his stuff on Lucha Underground. Um, the only reason I didn't go with Shane Strickland is because his crazy Lucha Underground match with um, AR Fox was uh, actually taped in 2016 but didn't air until this year. Um, <laughs> Because that's just how Lucha Underground works. <laughs> um, so that's why I went with uh, Ricochet. Uh, because I, I purposely you know, try to look at some of his stuff on YouTube since he's not on mainstream TV yet. And every match he does, I'm, I'm just amazed at you know, his athleticism. And um, I hope he gets his shot on one of the big stages soon. I know there's rumors out there about him and where he's headed next. And uh, I just hope he gets a chance to shine because I think he deserves it. And, 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 and with that being said, he is a free agent, sort of, because he's not really with Lucha Underground. I mean, he's been written off in the storyline, losing to Pentagon Zero, but he's still under kind of Lucha because he's not able to work any other or sign to any other promotion. So he's just in that little gray area right now that's why i said i loved your answer because it's like it's so fitting because someone can make an argument like, oh he's still a lucha no he's not he is but he's not so mm-hmm. um yeah my, my answer doesn't even count because obviously i can't read so i have to think of something in a second i'm going with jamal here on this and i love this answer as well uh my favorite indie wrestler uh this year is fred yeha um jordan grace and fred yeha were neck and neck and i chose um fred yehai because every match that i've seen him in has been an excellent match every match that i've seen jordan grayson has she has been you know excellent but her competition hasn't been able to keep up with her so the match you know was what it was but fred yehai may actually be a real life supervillain um, just you know his mannerisms, uh, you know his moves, the way he grunts in the ring, the um, that that you know uh, drop kick, uh, the corner basement drop kick is is insane. Um, Fred Fred Yehai, um, I'm he I, I think he's eating a person. I'm I'm going to put that out there and say that Fred Yehai may actually have eaten a person because he's just that badass. <laughs> I think my indie wrestler of the year. And I'm going with you, Sir Salas. Um. When I think about this person, I want to think about who represents that company or who builds that company up. So when you think about the NWA back in the 80s and 70s or whatever, you think of Ric Flair. When you think of the early WWF, you know, you think of Hulk Hogan, you think of Ultimate Warrior. When you think about the Attitude Era of WWF, you think about Stone Cold Steve Austin. But when you think about Nova Pro Wrestling, you have to think about one person who really is the staple, the main inventor, the person who brings that company up. And anytime you sit in the crowd at an overpro wrestling match, the one person everybody talks about they want to see is Logan E. LaRue. So I, I think that, you know, the way he's building up an overpro of how it's coming up, that's why I had to give him credit for, you know, being the indie wrestler of the year. And he also won, what was the cup called? 
Commonwealth Cup. Commonwealth the Commonwealth Cup. Cup, yep, the Commonwealth Cup. By him being the Commonwealth Cup, when you had a lot of people come in there, you know, to be a part of the Cup, like a Dijak, you know, that just gives a lot of respect to him being uh, the foundation, being the, the heart of that company. So I got to give a lot of respect to him on that. So my answer originally was Cody here, but obviously Cody's an R8, so I'm an idiot, so that does not count. Um, but that's fine because I absolutely did know who I wanted to put here before him. And the only reason I had Cody is just because of just solidifying a whole year that he had, um, considering that last year he only had a half of year of putting in the work, and this year he put in the work 100%. But, I mean, he's been an ROH, assigned an ROH predominantly the year, so that would kind of exclude him. And he's not there now, so that excludes him. But um, two names that kind of mind, one being Jonathan Gresham, who's also with RH, but just the work that he's doing on the indie scene, you know, can, you know, goes can goes for itself. But Keith Lee is my man here. Absolutely. Um, matches. First of all, it's just amazing how people just have still have not seen some of the work he's done. But when you do see him, you're a fan. Nicest guy I've ever met of his size, considering that he could have probably did any athletic sport in the world that he wanted to do. But he chose to he chose to do wrestling. And he does it damn good. And he does it like he's only 100 pounds. He does it like he's my size. You know what I mean? Um, but um, just amazing what the guy does. He is now your uh, evolved champion. Um, so um, is he the evolved champion or is it the WWN champion? Um, I think he's the... Um... Uh, what are you, he took the belt from Matt Riddle. Oh, so th- yeah, the WWE <laughs> champion. So, um, the World Wrestling Network champion. So, uh, which was also another great match, too. So, um, this Keith Lee is my indie wrestler of the year. Now, my corporate wrestler of the year is AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been absolutely one of the craziest and best free agent signings for WWE and he's been carrying the SmackDown show. He's been having hell of a matches all over the place. Uh, the feud with him and John Cena in the beginning part of the year has been, was amazing. The match he had at, I forget what it was with uh, John Cena was amazing. The match he had with Shane McMahon was amazing. He has, and then not, not only just that, I mean, we move forward to when he had to step in for, um, the match to face Finn Balor, which was all of what they pulled at the last minute. I mean, you got this guy at 40-something years old, still torn day in and day out all over the place from one country to another with absolutely no sleep, putting on a great match. I mean, AJ Styles, what more can you say about him? Two-time WWE champion, too, this year, uh, which says a lot. But AJ Styles, Dr. M, something to add to that? Because you have the same answer. Uh, yeah, I chose AJ for uh, this category. And I'll just say also for our male wrestler of the year category. Um, he hasn't had a bad match this year at all. And um, just the variety of people he faced from Cena um, to Shane McMahon to Brock Lesnar. I mean, he put, he, you know, carried Brock Lesnar, I think in that match, even though he got suplexed a bunch. Right. Uh, I think he was the dominant person in that match in terms of just moving the match along. Um, and turn that match into something exciting. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he, he can do no wrong in that ring at age 40. And so uh, that's why I chose him. And da, 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 da. okay, so Salas, your corporate wrestler of the year. 
and I definitely mean this in no favoritism, no partial with him being my favorite wrestler at all. It just but, makes sense. But um, when you think about a guy who left the biggest company, biggest wrestling company in the world, and said, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to build a list. I'm going to attack every person on this list. I'm going to build this brand, and I'm going to make sure I'm going to be the most recognizable name, make the most money individually for myself as an indiv individual performer, and I'm going to show you why I'm the best wrestler in this world. He did that, and he accomplished that in 2017. Um, so when you think about corporate, you think about your profit. You think about the money that you make. You think about your brand. He made himself a corporate brand on his own. Um, so that's why I have to give it to Cody Rhodes. It's interesting to hear that um, your man, Demiz, also won Wrestler of the Year from the uh, Rolling Stones magazine. So... Yep. Either way, your your two favorites up there. Yep. Jamal, your corporate wrestler of the year. Um, I think it goes uh, to the best. It, it would have been Katsuyori Shibata, but no. Um, it, it, so it, it's got to be uh, Kazuchika Okada. Um, Okada's had an amazing year. You know, coming off of the the the, you know, the three series of three with Kenny Omega. Um, his uh, the tag match uh, at at with uh, destruction um, was nuts. Um, Okada's every time he comes into the ring, it's he's 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 main eventing as he should be. You know he's not mailing it in because of the fact that um, you know the talent isn't what it is. Every every single time, he absolutely brings it. Whether it's a technical wrestling match or strong style or, or whatever. Um, Okada just brings it every single time, and I personally don't feel that way about AJ Styles. I, I think he's a bit of a bore, but if you are that guy that loves AJ Styles that thinks that every single time he steps in the ring, it's going to be magical, I think Okada is the same way in New Japan. Agree. He is. He's what is he like? He's like the male. Well, he loses matches, but no one has taken that belt and and and. Very high caliber matches all over this year. I mean, he's also accumulated about 20 stars as well, too. But, uh, yeah, Okada. And who is my male wrestler of the year for the same reasons that you just said? Um, you think New Japan Pro Wrestling? You think you think the, the, the Rainmaker? You think Okada? Point, point blank, point said, well, Dr. M, your male wrestler of the year now. Um, same as the last category. Um, I couldn't. I could not choose AJ Styles um, for, for the reasons I said before. Um, he, in just a few short years, has um, come into WWE and has literally become one of its top stars, if not the top star, um, which says a lot because, you know, people coming from TNA didn't always have a great track record coming into WWE. And, so I was a little concerned. Uh, I was excited to see him come in, but I was a little concerned that uh, he would have his moment in the spotlight and then quickly be shoved somewhere lower on the card. And um, to his credit, he has stayed right up there at the top. Um, and I think this year has been a banner year for him for just the caliber of matches he's had with the ver variety of opponents. Um, I, I just could not think of a legitimate reason to not choose him. Uh, and you, Silly Sellers. I go back to 2013 on this role. Um, somebody that you least suspect that will have your best season in the NFL 
and somebody that they say he'll probably never be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And he actually won the Super Bowl, and you can never take that away from him, and that's Joe Flacco, and that's how he got a big pay, payday. I think Adam Cole deserves the same thing in 2017 when it comes to wrestling. We saw him in ROH, and we knew he was great in ROH, but we thought, man, could this guy make it in the WWE? Would he ever make it in the WWE? In 2017, he did. And you can't take that away from him because once you make it to the big leagues, you know, that's a, that's a forever stamp. You experienced it. Now he needs to grow in it. And not only has he been in WWE, granted NXT, he's also won major matches on NXT's pay-per-views. It's, it's, it's spotlight pay-per-views, especially in war games, where he had to pin to win, win it. And to me, that's a moment where coming from the indies, going to ROH, when they come up here, you made it. So, sir, if you go through that long journey and worked hard and – work your butt off to make sure you get to the top of your own league and and your WWE is your Super Bowl, you, you become the rest of the year, in my opinion. So, Adam Cole. And, Jamal, your male wrestler of the year? Uh, male wrestler of the year, obviously, if I picked Okada for the corporate wrestler of the year and Fred Yehi for the indie wrestler of the year, then why wouldn't one of those two be male wrestler of the year? Um, and that's because even though both Yehi and Okada are money and you really can't go wrong with them. I think the best wrestler in the world, the best male wrestler in the world right now uh, supersedes uh, any promotion, and that is Keith Lee. Um, because his moveset is so diverse for his size, because I, I, he, Keith Lee, along with Dijak and along with a few other guys, force you to change the way you look at wrestling because they're doing things that we've told ourselves collectively that you should not be able to do. You should not be able to do at 6'2", you know, 350 pounds, uh, a, a moonsault, you know, over, a plancha over the top rope. You're not supposed to be able to do, um, you know, a moonsault. You're not supposed to be able to do this, this, and this. And they've said, no, we will, and we'll do it well. So, you know, they hit, you know, as hard as Braun Strowman, but they can move as fast as Ricochet. Um, but big guys like Keith Lee and Donovan Jajak, Unfortunately, Dajak hasn't really had a chance to show himself on the, on the national stage in NXT yet. He will, but Keith Lee is right there, and um, he's the best wrestler in the world right now. Awesome, and that leaves our last category tonight, and that is Female Wrestler of the Year. Jamal, I'll start off with you and Silly Sellis. Well, for me, uh, I know uh, the crab's on mute right now, but I'm going to be very quick with this because Crabby can take it home. Um, she's undefeated. And when you're undefeated in a major wrestling promotion where you retire as champion from the NXT and going to WWE and still haven't lost, until somebody beats you, you are the best in the business. And that goes to Oscar. Yeah. Um, no one's ready for Oscar ever. Not Leo Rush. Not anybody in NXT. <laughs> not uh, anybody in WWE. I, I, I fear, my, my biggest fear. Uh, for Asuka is that Mora, they won't understand what she really brings to the table. Good point. As a another person that doesn't, um, and a, a Cesaro-like person. Yep, good point. All rights, Antonio Cesaro should be WWE champion. Yep. By now. But they just kind of write him off as another foreigner, and they don't really know what to do with him. Asuka is the best, uh, you know, female wrestler, arguably the best of any, you know, wrestler in the world right now. 
And I truly think that if they allowed her to be her, you know, Japanese uh, style, strong style self, she can do that. She can be a technical wrestler. She can do really whatever she damn well pleases. And and even though it was a joke and it got him in trouble, Oscar. Unfortunately, not even WWE. Did I lose? Did, did we lose you, or did you just end? Because you went in and out at that last part. No, no, okay. nobody's ready for Oscar. Print it, print it, put it <laughs> back, back to vacation she goes. Doctor M, you're a female wrestler of the year. Uh, well, I knew about Oscar, but the only reason I didn't choose her is um, even though she's undefeated um, and has done remarkably well in her run in WWE. I have always just found her a little bit one note and it might just speak to some of what Jamal was just saying about her not really being able to sort of be her full self just yet. Um, but again, I just think she's a little bit one note. Uh, so I actually chose Rosemary as the female wrestler of the year. Um, and admittedly, I haven't more interest in looking at, impact right is it is it called impact it's called impact now it's um, anything you want it to be anything we want it's, it to can, be. it's canada wrestling right now <laughs> um but yeah i i haven't had much chance to watch it but when i do get a chance to look at it it's usually rosemary segments that i'm the most interested in she's a good wrestler uh and just the quality of her gimmick i think is just top notch um Thinking about who Courtney Rush is as just the indie wrestler and how she's changed herself into Rosemary, I think it is pretty amazing. And there's sort of layers of depth to her character as well. Um, she's had some pretty high quality feuds this year. Um, Gail Kim all the way to um, as um, Taya Valkyrie, right? Um, and now Ali, I think she's feuding with now too. Um, she's able to do it all. She, you know, became sort of the most popular member of the Decay uh, uh, before they broke up. She taking this gimmick and run with it and has become, I think, one of the top stars in that promotion. Um, she's also wrestler of the year because um, Sexy Star tried to destroy her, and she uh, she made it out of that, and she's you know back wrestling again and and doing just fine. So that's why I chose her. Well said. I forgot about the sexy star incident. Jesus Christ. And yeah, and then there was more incidents with her after that as well, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah sexy star and uh, Eddie are your least viable people of the whole life. Uh, and for my female wrestler of the year, I'm going with Tony Storm. It's absolutely about the championships and the work she's been putting in all over the world. She is your progress women's mm -hmm. champion. She's a world of stardom champion. She's your SWA world champion. Yes, she's carrying all three belts, uh, the trifecta. Um, she was in the Mae Young Classic with the gimmick, the look, the gear, everything about her. She's still very, very, very young. Um, she lost the semifinals against maybe one of the best matches in the tournament against Kyrie Sane. So, um, Tony Storm, I, I just I, I I like what she does in the ring. As she has one of the craziest snap suplexes. Um, Strong Zero, look it up. Um, oh, and the, the, the power driver, Jesus Christ, and did the uh, but yeah, Tony Storm, my female wrestler year.
But yeah, that that concludes our Goldie Award for 2017. We definitely went in on time. Imagine how many categories we had before, and we narrowed it down from last year. But we we got through them all, and um, it was pretty good. So, um, that's that. Uh, before we leave tonight, did um, I wanted to bring up that in January that history will be made. The first ever women's Royal Rumble match will be happening. We don't have too much of the details now. We do know that it will be on the Royal Rumble show. And I am saying that because you were probably wondering, like, why is there significance to that? Because apparently there's people that think that, um, you know, it should have its own show because it being on a, a on a Royal Rumble show with a male Royal Rumble will take away the whole spectacle of it. But uh, I don't know. But I'm um, just throwing that out there to see if you guys have any thoughts on that. But anyway, there's not a lot of information out there about it. Naomi is the first entrant, um, which I thought was weird because I thought all of Raw pretty much declared that they were in it. So that would make her the first to SmackDown. But no, they're saying she's the first. You have um, to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to say it. Even though everybody made YouTube videos afterwards about what is it meant to them to be part of it. So I'm just a little bit confused there. But anyway, I just want to hear what's your thoughts um, what other rumors have you heard? Predictions, bookings, all of that. Let's 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 give another quick five minutes uh, rundown from that. So everybody, just jump in there. I got three things. Um, I talked to this one guy who's a wrestling fan at work about it, and I'll say three things about it. One thing I definitely agree with him. He said, "Whatever happens in the first five to seven minutes should dictate how they book the rest of the match. Um, if it starts great, give them the whole thirty woman." If it's only about, you know, slow a little bit, do 20. So don't release how many people you're going to do for your woman. Let that be a spectacle of surprise once it starts. Um, second thing is this. He said he has intel or some rumors that Ronda Rousey might be your last performer, which might cause her to win it uh, in that spectacle of her being debuted if she gets signed and all that. Three, I think it should open the, open the pay-per-view. Have that open the pay-per-view, have the um, men close it. And I just don't want it to be drawn out because you don't want that to kill the crowd in the beginning when you still got to go through an hour plus of the men going later. Um, but it can be done correctly. I'm excited for it, but I'm cautiously optimistic to make sure they do it correct. Um, I'll say between the um, NXT uh, women, uh, the main roster women, and a bit of um, the legends, that they could bring back an Ivory, Jazz, uh, Karma, uh, Austin Kong, or whatever you want to call her. You know, Gail Kim could pop up for no reason. Um, there's a lot. There, there's absolutely a lot of, of surprise to be had. Um, personally, seeing a woman's Royal Rumble is a great step in the right direction. But let's just not fool ourselves. China's been in the Royal Rumble before. Um, Austin Beth Kong Phoenix. has been in the Royal Rumble Beth before. Phoenix, yep. Beth Phoenix has been in the Royal Rumble before. So the fact that it's a woman's Royal Rumble is fine. But let's, let's be real. I want one Royal Rumble with everyone in it. All right. So I don't see what the difference is between, you know, 5'7, 125 pound woman and Rey Mysterio you know, being <laughs> the same woman. They still have to face Braun Strowman. I'm point. here with it. That's a good point. Actually, too, I would like to see Beth Phoenix to return. I absolutely think it would be kind of crazy that she um, in it and made a, a great impact. Obviously, um, she has a kid, and um, I'm not well, sure. I mean, Beth Phoenix, Trish, Lita, um, yeah. Ivory, Jazz, Austin Kong. I mean, there are a lot of 
also kind of was women's that we have that I would want as well too. And I actually will I would like to see her win it if possible. But absolutely, I think the person to win yeah. it is to me Tamina here. I think she's the one really? that. I th- yeah, because mm-hmm. I thought she should have won money in the bank because she's just that person who needs that extra like push. Knowing that she will get the championship match at uh, WrestleMania gives her a seems of purpose because the Lana thing isn't working. When she returned, well, it didn't work. The, the stables that she's been in just doesn't work. But I just know, don't she, think WWE trusts the pusher. I, I can't co-sign that, and the reason why is because even. we now like. We've been set up before with the Royal Rumble winning. For example, Roman Reigns winning in Philadelphia a couple years ago, where it's like, well, now we got to sit on this for the next three months and ride that into WrestleMania. Is this the WrestleMania match that we want to see that we know that it's going to happen in January? Yeah, true. But, I mean, that's just one of the times where it didn't work. But there's been a lot of other times where it did work. I mean, Triple H winning it, I thought, worked. I thought it was really good, actually, considering that we we definitely didn't want Roman Reigns to win it. So, you know, it, it just be very, very curious to see how that works. I mean, Carmella obviously is out. Um, is she? she that money in the bank to cash in. Wondering where they're going to work that at. But, um, you right. know. She has four months. Ronda Rousey better not win it. And everybody wants Oscar to win it, too, who I also don't think should win it. I don't think she will win it. I think. Uh, I, don't, I don't think. Yeah, Go ahead, Dr. I don't know why she would win it. I, I would just say if I was booking the match, um, I think. I would book Asuka like they do in every Royal Rumble every year where at some point, you know, seven or eight people gang up on one of the huge guys. And yeah, I, agree. I would do the exact same thing with the women. I would have a whole bunch of them gang up on Asuka and toss her over that top rope. Right. Cause then that creates a gray area with her. Well, you know, she's undefeated in singles matches, you know, and then there starts to debate, well, is she still undefeated because she didn't win the rumble? Right. Mm-hmm. So that sort of gets more attention on her again. Um, so that's what I would do with Oscar. I have no idea who would, who I would book to win the Royal rumble match. I mean, I think a good case could be made for Paige. Um, one of my hopes is that we see some of the May young classic women uh, in the rumble. Uh, I would love to see Mia Yim, although I think she's injured. Um, I'd love to see Tony Storm in the Rumble. Um, Piper Niven, I think she'd be great in that match. Um, a, a mixture of them, some of the legends, and then the Raw SmackDown women. Uh, maybe some folks from NXT too. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the match. I think there's a lot of potential, uh, and I think it, a lot of it will just come down to how the match is paced out. And um, I think Silas is right that the first you know few minutes have to be exciting. Uh, they have to grab the crowd um, mm. in order for it to be successful. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to see 30 women. I don't want to see anything yeah. short of it. Um, I think it should open up the mat, uh, open up the card. Um, I do want a combination of all of people all over. I think Shayna Baszler is also another interesting person that who should be debuting in NXT soon. I put at the Royal Rumble. Imagine, imagine seeing the Shayna Baszler, a Ronda Rousey, and the Oscar in one ring, considering their all their backgrounds in that. Um, I think Nia Jax is going to be the victim of that that spot that you speak of, uh, which mm. sucks because I think she's also another candidate of a person I would like to see win. But I, 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 think, I actually would have Nia Jax win it. You think what? I actually would have Nia Jax win it. I wouldn't be surprised if she won either. I would like to see a Nia Jackson Tamina at the end. 
I think we're due that again. That stuff was pretty cool for Survivor Series, and they both want to work with each other again. Um, and then there has to be some records and stuff done. So, um, I'm, I mean, we're talking about most eliminations. I think Nia Jax is going to see that. Um, I think Alicia Fox is going to eliminate herself fairly quick for some <laughs> crazy tandem. Former um, Diva I, need, I, need, I need Santina Morella to show up. I would like Ellsworth to show up. <laughs> he seems to be a woman any other time winning the money in the bank the first time. So Santina um, Morella will about, kind of be like good, but it'd be kind of shot you, in the they, face. They, they actually could pull the trigger on that. They could. They could. Because Santina has been in there for women's wrestling, but that would be Santina was a Divas champion. champion. Okay. Uh, 30 women has been confirmed. So that's that's cool. Um, so 30 women, if you think about the Survivor Series match, it was five on five. And then it was two, um, and then it was the the um it was the two um championship matches. So that's 14 people. That leaves about 15 other people. I'm sorry, then they got three each uh that just got called up. So you're still like 19 people. That's still a lot of people they're gonna do. I think that that match is gonna have more surprises than the males match. Has to. It has to. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. January. History will be made, it will be fun. Um, any other remarks yeah, on I will Royal say Rumble? that um like I had no intention on staying in Philly for the Royal Rumble. Now I kinda got to. I'm I wish there was tickets available. That's all I could say. I looked. I really do. So I think I'm praying that more that more get released. Um, they're gonna do something as it get closer. That's what I'm praying. But they, I I think it just makes sense. Just that it should be fun. So I look forward to that. So do anybody have any other uh, remarks or uh, any remarks for the Royal Rumble? Any remarks? Rosemary is the best Bray Wyatt in wrestling right now. <laughs> Great point. Anybody have anything to say before we get out get out here tonight? Mm-mm. Brad Maddox and Xavier Woods, twenty eighteen. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so um, be sure to check out our interview tomorrow. We'll have Faye Jackson on for a special interview. Uh, it was going to be a good time. And um, happy New Year's, everybody. Um, Nova Pro next week. We'll be talking that as well too. So, um, we got a few more other things uh, coming up before the end of the year. But yeah, you know, thanks for everybody that's listening tonight interaction with us all that other good stuff i'm two chains that's not the m that's jamal that's silly sellers this is the big gold belt podcast thank you for listening we will catch you guys tomorrow